Welcome to the Marginalia Daily Reading and Prayer Podcast. While we're unable to get together as often as we like, we're using this podcast to reflect and apply some of our daily Bible reading together. You can always find our readings and prayers at newcitycency.org. If you scroll down, you can find the readings and prayers tab. My name is Josh Rotano, one of the pastors at New City, and today is Thursday, April 2nd. And our scripture readings for today are Psalm 141, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. The gospel reading is Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. And then our Old Testament reading, the one I'm going to reflect on a bit with you, is Exodus chapter 7, verse 25 through chapter 8, verse 19. And so the Exodus story, uh, this is the part toward the beginning of a longer section which describes the plagues of Egypt. And what is that story about, the plagues of Egypt? Well, at heart or at base, it's a story about power. It's about the power of God. And I want you to think about that power in three ways. God's power over nature, God's power over Pharaoh, and finally God's power in salvation. So first, God's power over nature. When people have read the plagues over the years, one of the things they've noticed is how natural the plagues are. In many ways, how unmiraculous they are. The text makes, of course, unmistakable that God is the one who's doing these things. They're, uh, for example, the result of all these dramatic actions, right? God commands Moses and Aaron to wield the staff around before some of the plagues. For a few of them, God announces what will happen beforehand. And then there's, there's the scope, of course. The Egyptians are getting hit hard by these things, but the Hebrews and Goshen seem almost to be untouched. But even so, it's not until the second to last plague that Pharaoh is convinced this is not just a series of natural disasters. Why? Because something like all these things had happened before in Egypt. The Nile had been polluted before. It had turned red before even, red soil and fungi discoloring the water. The next plague is the plague of the frogs, tons of frogs, and this had happened before. And then the frogs die, and so everywhere millions of rotting, stinking frogs. And so then what then are plagues three and four, gnats and flies? The third and the fourth plague come from the second plague. And then what? Sickness. Because of all the gnats and flies, the animals get sick, and then finally the people get sick. So plagues five and six come as the result of plagues three and four. Even the hailstorm, which sounds weird for the middle of the desert in Egypt, but that's happened before too. In fact, it's happened recently even. Uh, now, the last time there was a major hailstorm in the desert in Egypt was only as far back as February of 2010. Many people were hurt. Some even died. So what am I getting at here? There was a naturalness to the plagues. But that's actually the point. The point of the text is to show us that God has power over the created world. But secondly, God has power over Egypt and therefore over every ruler and nation and people on the earth. When Pharaoh says in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? He's not saying that as an atheist. Remember, there were hardly any atheists in those days. 
Instead, Pharaoh is saying it's something more from the perspective of what you might call a religious pluralist. You know, an atheist would say, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? As if to say, why should I do what your God says? Because your God doesn't exist. But a religious pluralist would say, you have your God, I have my God, fine. Just don't try to impose your God on me. And isn't that what Pharaoh is saying here? Hey, look, Moses, this is Egypt. We have our gods, you have your gods. Why should I ever obey your God? And in that sense, Pharaoh is very much like many people in Cincinnati today. Many people, even maybe most people, are religious pluralists. There are many views of spiritual reality. No one should say there's a superior. No one should try to get you to abandon your view of God and take on mine. That would be intolerant. That's wrong. And so if the first message of the plagues is that God has power over nature, the second message of the plagues is that God has power over everyone. He's the God, not just of the Hebrews, but the one true God. The plagues, you see, are very carefully chosen. The Nile River was thought to be a god in Egypt, or at least the manifestation of a god. The Nile was worshipped by the Egyptians, and God smites it. The sun and the moon were also gods, and God smites them. The ninth plague, you remember, is the darkening of the sky. Even the frogs, Heget, the goddess of childbirth, is depicted in Egyptian art with the head of a frog. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, at the end of the plagues, God says, On all the gods of Egypt I will execute my judgments, for I am the Lord. And right before the hailstorm in chapter 9, God says, I will send the plagues so that, quoting now, so that you will know that there is none like me in all the earth. The message of the plagues is that the religious pluralist view that there are all kinds of gods, they're all equally good. What matters most is you have something to believe. The message of the plagues is that this is wrong. You don't need some generic God. You need this God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of Jesus. God is saying to Pharaoh in the plagues, there is none like me in all the earth. And finally in this story, we need to see God's power in salvation. The plagues served the ultimate purpose of saving the Hebrew people. Remember, they had been in slavery in Egypt, and so God sends these plagues as a mechanism to set them free from their bondage. Back in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, Moses had a difficult time getting the Hebrews to listen to him. Moses is saying to them, I've got this message from God. You're going to be set free from the Egyptians. It's going to be great. And the text says, they didn't listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Do you hear that? The harsh slavery had so broken their spirits that they could not even hear a message of hopefulness and salvation. And suffering can do that to people. It can break you so much that you can't even barely hear a word of hope. And this is why God steps in as powerfully and forcefully as he does. It was judgment on the Egyptians, yes, but it was salvation and encouragement for our broken people, a people ground into the dust by the brutality of slavery. This story is a reminder that God does intervene in the world to rescue. And the most decisive intervention in all of history 
is when God himself comes down to earth. He takes on flesh. He walked among us. Jesus Christ descended into a world of slavery and evil. He loved and he served and he taught and he showed compassion and he healed, but he also suffered. And finally, on the cross, the plagues of judgment fell upon him. Jesus Christ, the judge of all the earth, was judged so that we could be saved. And so then that we could move out into a dangerous world with courage and hope because we know our eternity with God is secure. As we close, we want this podcast to create discussion and help you connect with others. And so I encourage you to call a friend, to chat with your spouse, to text somebody from your community group to keep the conversation going. And here's a question to help you do that. How do you need to see God's power at work in your life this week? How do you need to see God's power at work in your life? Let's pray together. Lord, you have power over all the earth, over sin and darkness, over anxiety and despair, over fear, over evil forces, and yes, over disease and hurt. Lord, come and heal our land. Come and heal our hearts. Protect us and guide us now. Amen. If you think this would be helpful to friends or family, please share it with them. Encourage them to subscribe. Links to subscribe can be found at newcitycency.org slash social. And you can find more resources for encouragement and comfort in these days by following us on Instagram at New City Cincinnati or on Facebook at New City Cincy. Go and be blessed.